My name is Nicholas Haskins, and over the past 40 years, I have fallen in love with creating in my kitchen. I'm not a chef, I'm just a guy who loves cooking from scratch with fresh ingredients and trying to spread some positive energy in the world. Join me on my culinary journey inside the kitchen and out as I explore the ups and downs of cooking, baking, and living. Welcome to Nikolai's Kitchen. Hello, good morning, hi everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of Nikolai's Kitchen. If this is your first time here, welcome, it's so, so wonderful to have you, and if you're a returning listener, welcome back, it's so wonderful to have you back. Nikolai's Kitchen is all about my journey inside the kitchen and out, sharing a little bit of positivity and breaking down a full recipe for you guys to make at home. If you guys do make these recipes, make sure you get at me on social media at Nikolai's Kitchen, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Let me know how they turned out for you. Let me know where you succeeded and where you failed along the way. And if you ever need any advice or if you ever need any help or anything, please don't be afraid to reach out and ask me because I would love to give whatever advice I can. Even though, as I'll talk about a little bit later in the positivity segment, I've got a lot to learn yet. (laughs) I've got so so, so much to learn yet. I want to apologize to everyone for not getting a full regular episode out last week, but unfortunately I was just inundated with so, so much extra stuff and I just could not find the time. I just could not honestly sit down to record an episode and I just wasn't in the headspace for it. And a big thing about this show for me and a big thing, especially about the positivity aspect of this show is I've got to be in the headspace for it. I've got to be able to share with you guys really, really honest things from from my heart. And I really think as this show has kind of grown and evolved, that's the thing that has become most important to me is just 100% complete honesty. And I can't do that sometimes if I'm not in the right headspace or if just I'm inundated and I'm just getting battered. That's why the season is going to end on April 19th. I've actually already got most of the season mapped out, most of the way the rest of the season is going to go. You're going to get another table for two episode guest TBD. I haven't uh, figured out who I'm going to have on that one yet. I've got a couple people that I can reach out to. But yeah, stay tuned for all that. And then, of course, we're going to be ending the season on April 19th. And we will return on Memorial Day, May 31st, with a special all about barbecuing. I can't wait to talk to you guys about barbecue. And those of you who are patrons who are VIP level, you're going to be getting some sauces you may be able to use in your barbecues because VIP reward boxes are going to be shipping out this week. I had to wait for cold packs to come in. Unfortunately, they're not here yet, but they will be by the time you hear this. So look for those boxes to be hitting the mailbox and to get notified over on Patreon. Speaking of Patreon, welcome Brad of the Cinema Guys. Thank you so, so much for your $2 donation. You're amazing, dude. I love talking to Brad about movies. He is such an amazing guy. His movie tastes are a little eclectic. Yeah, (laughs) He he likes some questionable stuff, I would say. But, you know, he's a really, really great guy to talk to. And uh, I had the honor to guest on his show with his wife, Kara, uh, I'll Get a Burger, which is, you know, a show all about their weight loss journey that they were going on. And I think that's still on hiatus. I'm not 100% sure. Brad would have to let you know about that. But I'll have their information down in the show notes. But Brad... Thank you so, so much for your patronage. 
Of course, by the time you hear this, there will only be a few days left in the free Patreon month. Make sure you take advantage of hearing all of this free content that you're only going to get through the month of March. And if you're so inclined, stick around, drop a few bucks, and you'll get bonus content, bonus episodes, and at that top level, VIP reward boxes. And part of the proceeds every single month also go to charity. So if you would throw me a couple bucks, it really keeps the lights on here. Keeps food in the pantry, so to speak. And I would really, really, really appreciate it. So make sure you check that out. That will be going up before the end of the month for everybody to hear, which will include an exclusive recipe. You will not be able to find that anywhere else. Speaking of those VIP reward boxes a few moments ago, if you leave a five-star review for me over on Apple Podcasts, the link is down in the show notes. Leave me a five-star review screenshot and send the review to me. Get it to me ASAP after you hear this and you will get a chance to win one of those VIP reward boxes, which is going to include three of the sauces that I made for the spring VIP reward. So make sure you guys get in on that. They're sitting in my fridge right now, and I cannot wait. I would love to send some to you. There's a couple reviews already over an Apple podcast, but if you get one in, your chances are actually pretty good. So please, and it really, really does help me out a lot. If you enjoy the show, it really does help me if you leave me a review. I want to have a huge shout out here to J.D. Duran and Ryan McQuaid of In Session Film for having me on recently to talk about Zack Snyder's Justice League. That was so, so much fun. Very, very in-depth. And keep in mind, that is not safe for work. Not much not safe for work content there compared to the other guest spot that I did, which, of course, as I said, I went home. Got to visit Justin and the Sauce over on Epic Film Guys. Had an amazing time also talking about Zack Snyder's Justice League with them. And that is very, very not safe for work. So make sure you keep that in mind. But JD, Ryan, thank you so much for having me back on In Session Film. It's a wonderful, wonderful show. And, you know, I mean, like really in depth, like I really love film analysis. It's something that I studied a lot in college and it's something that I've always been really passionate about. So whenever I get to do more analytical stuff with film, I love it. And then Epic Film Guys, it's just a bunch of really raunchy jokes <laughs> and everything. We still analyze film, but we still have a great time. But, you know, we 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 just we were the Epic Film Guys. We always just have so much fun, you know, and and, and being our ridiculous selves. You'll find links to both of those down in the show notes, so please make sure that you check those out. And I did while I was hanging out with Justin and the Sauce, we got a chance to cut together a promo for this year's live stream for the cure. Justin, wake up. Skins, I done told you to keep quiet or I'll whoop you. Justin, it's time to start promoting the fifth annual live stream for The Cure. I can't believe it's been a year already. We've raised over $30,000 for cancer research over the past four years. You know what that means. We have to make this year our biggest year yet. This year, we're looking to add $15,000 to that total. And beyond. Join us May 19th through the 23rd for over 50 hours of live entertainment from podcast partners and content creators from around the world. With your help, we can continue to fight for a future immune to cancer. Learn more about this year's event at livestreamforthecure.com. Together, we can make a difference. cannot wait for this year's live stream for the cure we are just under two months away from the start of the event and i've got so 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 much work 
on the schedule ahead of me. The schedule itself for the event is pretty well booked. I can't wait. Dan and Gerald are already planning their flights in so they can get in here and I can pick them up from the airport and it's going to be an absolutely amazing event. First time ever the event is going to be held in a different location as well because it's going to be in what will be my new home later this year up in Ithaca with Rebecca. There's just so much more space there in the basement to do the event than here in my living room where the event has been hosted every single year. So I'm really looking forward to that. I'm really, really excited to kind of see what comes next, you know, for the event, $15,000 for a future immune to cancer. And I mean, it's more and more and more important to me every single day that we continue that fight and we continue raising money until cancer is no longer a thing. That's why we support the mission of the Cancer Research Institute. So please make sure you mark your calendars, May 19th to the 23rd. Come out and please support the event. It's going to be so amazing. 50 plus hours of entertainment and content from content creators and podcasters from around the world. It's going to be so, so much fun. We always have such a blast every single year. And I would really, really love for you to come out. It's time to get a little honest with you guys, and of course, I do that in the positivity segment every single week. Do you guys plan ahead? in the kitchen. I don't plan ahead so much as I have an idea. I'll have an idea and many of the recipes that you've heard on this show broken down in the featured recipe segment have been ideas. And even when I talk about those recipes and even when I break those down, even when I talk about today's featured breakdown later on in the show, it was an idea. It was an idea that I kind of get in my head and when I get in my head an idea for food or for dinner or for something I'm going to do in my kitchen, that idea takes root. And even when I know, or even when my intuition should tell me, Nick, this isn't necessarily going to work the way that you think it's going to work, I will plow ahead against my better judgment. Do you guys do that? When you guys plan and you guys, you know, prepare meals in the kitchen, when you guys think about doing things, do you kind of mess things up? just because you kind of got married to the idea of what you're doing and not necessarily thinking and out rationally before you kind of did everything. Say, you know what? No, I don't think this is necessarily going to work. What if I try to do this a different way? I'm not going to say that I never do it. I'm not going to say that I never like figure stuff out ahead of time. But generally speaking, I don't. I have an idea, and it's something I want to do, and it's like, yep, this is what I want to do. Boom. Done. And it never, ever occurs to me to take a step back, to think. In this segment, and this is really me looking in a mirror at myself, and I don't know if this can help anybody else out there, but that's what the positivity segment is all about. It's me looking in a mirror. It's my confessional, basically. It's me giving you guys the honest spin about me. And I really, really hope that this can help people. But guys, I really need to rethink the way that I do things in the kitchen. Rebecca just moved into a beautiful new home, a home that I will share with her toward the end of the year when my lease ends here. 
I wanted to make a really, really nice meal for my first full meal I was cooking in the kitchen. And her daughter came up with the idea of fried chicken. And then Rebecca kind of had mac and cheese as an idea. Fried chicken and mac and cheese. What else says I'm home? Like fried chicken and mac and cheese. Well, my mac and cheese, I, I love my mac and cheese recipe. A lot of people bake mac and cheese, homemade mac and cheese. I have never understood this because generally speaking, it dries out mac and cheese a lot to me where it's not ooey, gooey, creamy, cheesy anymore. And that's how I love my macaroni and cheese. I want it to be super gooey and creamy. And we made it with a smoked Gouda cheese. Oh, just an absolute dream come true. Lots and lots of garlic, lots and lots of red onion super just i mean it was amazing it turned out absolutely wonderful but that fried chicken fried chicken is something that i have done a couple times in my air fryer and it's something that i've also done on a stove and i had this idea you know i was going to take my air fryer up there and i was going to air fry chicken and I had Rebecca get chicken breasts and chuck them into buttermilk so that we could have buttermilk soaked chicken, which is oh, just the juiciness that you get from chicken. The problem is with my air fryer, which is a ninja, and I don't know how big the actual basket is, but it can hold three chicken breasts if they're moderately sized. Well, these were like Wegmans super-sized chicken breasts for starters. But also, like they were going to have a lot of breading and stuff on them. And this goes back to that whole idea of planning in the kitchen, stopping and thinking of a meal before I even pull out a knife or take a single slice or turn on a stove or drizzle oil in a pan or anything, taking a step back and be like, okay, this was my idea. Fried chicken and mac and cheese, air fry the chicken, make the mac and cheese on the stovetop. Boom. Done. This was my plan. Do I have everything I need to execute this plan? Do I have everything I need to make this successful? Is everything that I want to do in place? And so I pulled out these chicken breasts and they were huge. And these things, you know, even if they weren't the size that they were, it still would have been a terrible idea to try to put them in the air fryer. But I stick so hard. It's just the stubbornness in me. And I, I, I fight so hard against that. And I have tried so hard not to be so stubborn and to try to be really open-minded and to try to really learn and to try to really give things chances and to try to really understand things. So I just, I, for whatever reason, I saw these chicken breasts and I was like, oh yeah, no problem. These will totally work fine in this air fryer basket. It's not even anywhere near. I could have done two at a time. We had six of them. So I would have been air frying stuff for like an hour and a half, pretty much. So I did a triple dredge on these and it was just flour and egg whites. I had used the egg yolks to make lemon curd for blueberry and lemon waffles that I actually made the next day. And the idea itself was solid for the coating. Flour, egg wash, flour, rest it. Let that coating stick. Egg wash, flour one more time to get that triple coating in there. Let it rest again. Then fry it. Not in the air fryer. Not in the air fryer, Nick. This was never going to work. Ever. 
My air fryer basket, like I said, these chicken breasts were large enough that maybe two of them would have fit in there and comfortably air fried, but I shoved three of them in there. They were all stuck together, and basically this whole thing came out as like this big giant chickeny mess. They did not cook all the way through in the time that they should have because the airflow couldn't circulate well enough. It was a disaster. It was a complete disaster, and then trying to get them out of their half of the coating, even though I triple-coated them and let them rest so that coating could really stick, but you couldn't get them out of there by just grabbing them with tongs and pulling them out. You're trying to manipulate and bend and twist them and stuff, so boop, coating comes right off. Just totally ruined it. It was terrible. And Rebecca said that she managed to salvage a lot of it because we kept that half of the chicken for leftovers. And she salvaged it and used it for chicken salads, which is fantastic, which is a wonderful use, a wonderful way to turn a food fail into a food success. So it's not like the chicken went to waste. It's not like we opened up the garbage can and dumped it in. But could I have avoided this if I would have just sat there and said, whoa, these chicken breasts are way too big and that air fryer is way too small. There's no way it's all going to fit in there like this. What else can I do? Can I do something else? Now, I didn't have a pot big enough or oil enough to do deep frying on these. And I didn't have my oil thermometer at Rebecca's house to even attempt that. So I didn't want to try to do a deep fry, but we had enough oil and a skillet. So it's like, why don't I do a shallow pan fry? So I kicked the oven on to 350, got the oil to temperature, about a half an inch of oil in the skillet, chucked them in there, let them brown really good on one side, flipped them over, let them brown really good on the other side, and then you take them off onto a cookie sheet into the oven for about 15 to 17 minutes to finish. Perfect. Those chicken breasts turned out so, so amazing. And I actually took a bottle of my honey garlic sriracha maple syrup up to Rebecca's and we drizzled that over the chicken paired with that smoky Gouda mac and cheese, that heat from the sriracha, that kind of sweet but tangy, pungent flavor of that garlic. Everything worked together in such beautiful harmony. It was such an amazing bite. That's what I should have done from the get-go. I should have stood back and I should have said, Nick, this will not work. It's okay to step back. If you have an idea, it's okay to step back and examine it critically. And even if you have, you know, somebody there, like I have Rebecca, who is a wonderful partner, who's always willing to give me honest feedback about something. Step back, look at something and say, Will this work? Do I have everything I need to make this work? Does everything I have planned seem like it's going to work? And if you're somebody who works from recipes, like I do definitely from time to time on this show, the recipe that we're going to talk about in the featured breakdown is two different recipes that I decided to combine together. But when I made that lemon curd for the first time, when I talked about crusties a few weeks ago on the show, I knew I knew looking at that recipe that that mid-high for 10 to 15 minutes instruction, I knew there was no way that was correct. It was burning three minutes in with constant stirring. I tried it again at mid-low. Perfect. Turns out so absolutely perfect. But I knew. But I didn't step back and say, Nick, this isn't going to work. You know that's too high. I need to seriously reevaluate what I do in the kitchen. I need to seriously reevaluate on the fly thinking because sometimes it can pay great dividends. And I don't want to say that I haven't at times riffed on something and all of a sudden turned it into something incredible because I definitely have. 
I made spaghetti this past week and I had a little bit of heavy cream in my fridge because I was going to make mashed potatoes this past weekend, which I did for meatloaf and mashed potatoes, which will be its own featured recipe breakdown in a future episode. So look forward to that. But I was like, why don't I make like a, like a, like a pasta cream sauce? And I had some tomato paste kicking around in my fridge and I just grabbed a few different ingredients and concocted them together. And I had this angel hair that Barilla does with protein in it. And it was all really, really great. And I grated some fresh Parmesan cheese into it. So it had like that kind of nuttiness of the cheese, that kind of sweet acidity of that tomato and just a little bit of that smooth buttery creaminess that you get from that cream. Everything married together it was just perfect. And I did it on the fly. And every once in a while, you can really kind of cobble something together from random stuff in your kitchen, or you can take a last minute swerve, kind of like I did with the chicken. When I fried the chicken, like I could have easily scrapped the whole thing. I could have easily chucked the rest of the chicken back in the fridge and we could have ordered food. And sometimes you'll have to do that. But then I saw the oil, I saw the skillet, and I was like, you know what? Let's chuck this in the oven. Let's do a shallow pan fry on this and then chuck it in the oven to finish. And it turned out beautifully. Absolutely perfectly. When I talk about the featured recipe coming up this week, I'm going to talk about this again. Because I looked at these two different things that I was going to combine into one, and they weren't going to work. Like together, I knew. I was like, but wait, this is already cooked. Does this make sense to bake this the full length of time with this crust? No. I knew it then, but I did it anyway. And even in retrospect, I think back, I'm like, why did I do that? So I want to talk about that when I get into the featured recipe in just a few moments here. We're going to take a quick promo break here. I'm going to spin a promo for a podcast partner coming up on this year's live stream for The Cure. But that's what I urge you to do as you go forward into your kitchens and as you go forward into your lives. Sometimes that initial idea, sometimes you need to refine it. It's like a big block of marble and, you know, and and you got to sculpt it down. And, you know, once you kind of start chiseling away, something takes shape and maybe your initial idea is perfect and you plow through and you sculpt something beautiful, but sometimes maybe a piece of it breaks off and you've got to get clever and you've got to get creative and you've got to figure out a different way to do things. Take a step back. Not everything is going to go your way in the kitchen and in life. That is just scripture. That's 101. No matter what, something is going to go wrong sometimes. When that happens, it's up to you to take a step back and say, wait a minute, can I do this a better way? Lean on those who love you. Lean on those whose judgment you trust to help you. And it's going to make your life a lot, a lot easier. This is something that I have such a hard time with. And like I said, positivity, I want it to be for you guys. I want you guys to find value in this, but this is, it's me reality checking myself. Nick, what you're doing doesn't work and you got to change it. Stick around for this promo. On the other side, I'm going to talk about a homemade lemon tart. Be right back. Hi, this is Two Girls on a Bench, the podcast. So we're two writers who tend to procrastinate just a bit. 
We like to snack. We like to talk. We don't have time to write, but we have time to do this podcast. We certainly do. Join us on the bench. Listen in. At number two, Girls on a Bench. Welcome back, everyone. Thank you so much for sticking around for another episode of Nikolai's Kitchen. I love your beautiful faces. You're amazing. And I really, really do appreciate you sticking around. Now, there will not be a quick bite this week on the show. But next week on the show, at least as long as my release schedule holds true, meatloaf and mashed potatoes is going to be the featured recipe breakdown. I cannot wait. I love my meatloaf. It's something that I also broke down back in the restaurant days. Jared Taylor, even when I posted it on social media, even commented on it because he made my meatloaf recipe before and loved it. And I mean, I love my meatloaf. I will stand by it. And I have a convert, somebody who didn't like meatloaf and liked mine. It's Rebecca. I mean, who else would it be? Obviously. (laughs) I can't wait to tell you guys all about it. But that is next week. This week's featured recipe breakdown is a homemade lime tart. Now, Rebecca loves lime. And loves like key lime and like key lime tarts and key lime pie and like those kind of things. And while I couldn't find key limes, but I really, really wanted to make some kind of lime based dessert. I mean, we've been on kind of a lime kick lately. We've had a couple of margarita weekends and even back to when she made that amazing taco lasagna. Just lime, lime, lime paired with everything. A few weeks ago, as I talked about in the last segment, I made a lemon curd for the crusties that I made, and it was a failure. It was a dismal failure (laughs) because I looked at that recipe and I knew that it wasn't going to make, they're going to work the way that it, it was written in the blog. It just doesn't. So I decided to take that same recipe because in that recipe, it mentions that the curd can work perfectly as a filling for a tart. And I have never made a tart before. So I actually had to buy a tart pan. And I had to find a tart crust recipe. I found one from prettysimplesweet.com. That's going to be in the show notes. And the food blog that I got the lemon curd recipe from, Taste of Lizzie Tea, that will also be in the show notes. But I just basically did the same thing, and I swapped the lemon juice one-to-one for lime juice and, of course, swapped out the zest of lemon to lime. You need a half a cup of fresh lime juice or key lime juice. If you can find key limes, I could not, but this would make a banging key lime tart. I love key lime. I have not had anything key lime in so long. I've really been jonesing for it, so I really got to try to find some. You need a cup of white sugar, six egg yolks, a half a teaspoon of salt, the zest of two limes, and a half of a cup or one stick of unsalted butter. Keep it cold and cut it into 16 equal pieces. So you cut the entire stick lengthwise, and then you cut that into eight separate pieces. So you get 16 out of the whole thing. You're going to mix your lime juice, sugar, and egg yolks together in a medium saucepan. You stick that over the stove, mid-low heat, not mid-high, like the blog says. Do not follow those instructions. I promise you, you will be upset. (laughs) Mid-low heat, and you're going to stir it constantly until it just starts to thicken. When you start to notice it thickening, that's when you're going to hit it with a stick blender. Stick that in there and pulse it until it's as smooth as possible. Continue cooking it until you can do what's called the trail test, and you can basically run your spoon or your spatula right down the middle, and it's going to leave a completely clean pan behind it. It'll close up pretty quickly, but it'll leave a really, really clean trail behind it. When it's done, take it off the heat. You're going to add your zest, salt, and butter a few chunks at a time, and keep stirring until all of your butter is completely incorporated 
and done. Let that cool to room temperature and then you can transfer that into a jar and refrigerate it. Boom. Perfect. I love this curd recipe. I've made the lemon curd several times and this did not disappoint as a lime curd either. There's just something about lime. It just has a little bit more of a, a delicate citrus taste, I think, than lemon does. Lemon is a little bit more in your face, like at the slightest bit, but I just love lime. There's just kind of a a, a delicacy there that you just don't necessarily get with a lemon. For the tart crust, this was one and a quarter cups of AP flour. I actually only had bread flour, so I had to use bread flour. A half a cup of icing sugar or a quarter of a cup of white sugar. A quarter of a teaspoon of salt. A half a cup of cold unsalted butter. That's again, one stick. Cut it into 16 equal pieces. Same way we did it for the curd. Lengthwise, and then both of those halves into eight pieces. You're going to need one egg yolk, two tablespoons of heavy cream, and a teaspoon of vanilla extract. Now, this is if you have a food processor. If you do not, you can do this by hand, but it's going to take a lot more work. And you're going to want to use a pastry scraper for this. Don't use your hand because you want that butter to stay cold because you want everything to kind of clump together. So add your flour, sugar, and salt into a food processor. Just pulse it for a few seconds until it's well combined. Add all of your butter, and then you're going to pulse it until it becomes kind of crumbly, like pea-sized crumbles, 20 to 25 pulses. Add your egg yolk, cream, and vanilla extract here, and you're going to continue pulsing this probably about 10 to 15 seconds until it forms large clumps, but it's still kind of not all come together in course. You don't want it to form a whole ball all together in the food processor. You just need it to be clumping together pretty well. Flour your work surface and tip the dough out onto it and then form it into a ball. Flatten the ball with your hand. You're going to form basically a hockey puck in size and in thickness with it. Wrap it in plastic wrap, chuck it in the fridge for an hour. When it's time to get this thing ready, you're going to roll your dough out, flour your work surface, and then take it out of the fridge, let it sit for a few minutes. And then you're going to roll it out to an 11-inch wide circle, stick it into a 9-inch tart pan with a removable bottom, wrap it in plastic wrap, and chuck it back in the freezer for 30 minutes. Now, this is where, when we go back to the last segment, when we talk about planning and thinking ahead, I'd read a few different tart recipes. Now, the difference being that all those tart filling recipes were all different. And a lot of them, you're making the tart filling while you're baking the crust. So everything is baking all together. Well, the curd that I made, it's already cooked. It's already done. You don't need to do anything to it. But I still cranked my oven to 375. And following the instructions just for baking the tart crust, chalked it into the oven, and I baked this thing for 35 minutes. Don't do this. Please don't do this. The f and now, it, and I will say, and, and Rebecca will say when she hears this, and even when I talk to her about it, she's like, no, it turned out really good. She still really enjoyed it. And it did turn out really good because I kept an eye on it and I didn't let the filling go over. But the filling's already done. You don't, it's overkill to bake it for that <laughs> It really, really is. It, I just, you just don't need to do it. Okay. So looking at the initial instructions for the tart crust here and kind of taking that into consideration, there's a few different things I would do next time. And I'll kind of break those down here when I make this tart again, and I'm definitely going to, the crust is so easy to come together in a food processor and I have the lemons and limes to do this again. So I really think I'm actually going to make a lemon curd and try this again. But instead of 375, you're going to preheat your oven to 350 degrees. You're going to roll your crust out, put it into your tart pan, as I said before. And you're going to bake this for 15 minutes. If you have pie weights, which is just basically a weight, or you can do uncooked rice or just plain unseasoned beans, 
because it does have a tendency to puff up. So, you know, you want to put some kind of weight on it so it doesn't really puff up too much. The original recipe actually recommends wrapping the edges of the crust in foil, but my edges didn't burn after 35 minutes at 375, so I don't necessarily know if that would be an issue here, but keep in mind I also did have filling in it, and this would just be going in by itself. So you may want to just keep an eye on it, and then if the edges start to get a little bit too browned, make sure you stick some foil around them. So do this for 15 minutes, take it out of the oven, and then you're going to add your curd. Chuck it back in the oven, and then you're going to do it for 10 to 15 minutes. You're going to see some bubbling around the edges of the crust. But remember, your curd is already cooked, so you don't need to kind of overdo this here. You kind of just want to thicken it up a little bit so it solidifies a little bit more than just like a normal lemon curd would. Okay. Once you hit that 10 to 15 minutes, you're probably at about 25 to 30 minutes of total bake time. Take it out of the oven, let it cool, and then chuck it into the refrigerator and let it chill for at least two hours before you serve it. Like I said, it did turn out wonderful. It was so sweet. That sweet, citrusy, limey deliciousness was just beautiful. But like I said, there's kind of this delicacy that I feel like lime has, and it was lost here. It was just like you could tell something about the curd where it was just too much like this normal curd recipe like when i've had the lemon curd variety of it even that is just somehow much lighter but this was not light at all this actually was just really really heavy and kind of dense it, it you know and it doesn't look like it and like the thickness of the slices was not very thick so it wasn't like it was like difficult to eat or anything but i don't know there was just something about it that you could just tell wasn't right necessarily it still tasted good i dusted dusted being the wrong term here i clumped a bunch of powdered sugar all over and then rebecca was laughing at me <laughs> out in the kitchen like trying to blow the extra powdered sugar off of it because i put some on a spoon and i just kind of tried to shake the spoon side to side so you could just kind of sprinkle a little bit off of the edges yeah no mine just stayed in whole clumps was just plump 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 right <laughs> down on the surface of this thing and i also cut some lime wedges and you know just some slices just kind of decorated it nicely it's one of the prettier things i've ever cooked it does look really good just visually even and like i said this wasn't a complete fail it did turn out well but yeah 35 minutes at 375 is just overkill for this you don't need to go that far so yeah you're definitely going to want to pre-bake the shell at least 15 minutes before you chuck the curd in there and then finish it off in the oven just to kind of unify the crust and the filling together and then to finalize it. I also want to try when I try to do this another time and I'll kind of report back my findings whenever I do it. But I would like to give this a try with, you know, making the curd as it is. And then right when it starts to boil, I think, right once it starts to boil, chuck the butter in, mix everything in and then so it's still kind of loose and it's not quite ready yet chuck that into the pie shell and kind of see how that bakes up. I'm not really sure. And baking is something I'm still super on, but reading enough of these tart recipes, like through a bunch of them, a lot of them are basically just a combination of a few different things that you chuck into the filling into the crust and it finishes in the oven in the crust itself. Like you don't need to do a lot of this stuff to it. But this was still really, really good. So definitely give this a try. And like I said, hit me up on social media if you do and let me know how it turned out for you. That is going to do it, ladies and gentlemen, for another episode of Nikolai's Kitchen. Like I said, next week, meatloaf. Yes, I would do anything for love, but I will not do that. <laughs> 
I can't wait to talk to you guys all about meatloaf. I love, love, love making meatloaf. And there are ways that you can make it where, believe it or not, it's actually pretty good and it's actually pretty impressive. I have had some dry, bland, boring meatloafs. And I think that's why meatloaf gets the reputation that it does. I want to talk to you guys all about that more next week. Find the show anywhere out there on social media at Nikolai's Kitchen. As I've said, and on any and every podcatcher under the sun, I am pretty sure the show is everywhere now. If you typically listen to your podcasts on a service or whatever that the show is not on and you're listening to me through some other means, you'd like to have me on that app, let me know that I'm not on there and I'll definitely do everything I can to get it added. I want to thank you so, so much for taking the time to listen to the show today. And thank you so, so much for all of your kindness, be it on social media, reviews on Apple Podcasts, and everything in between. I love you. And even if you just hit download and listen to this, and even if you haven't sent any kind of interaction back to me, just know that I love you and I appreciate you. And I hope that you have an absolutely beautiful week. Go out there every single day this week and make it yours. I love you. You are amazing. And thank you so, so much for coming on this journey with me.